Hey, it is Thursday, February 16th, back in the saddle. We got things to talk about. Ford's planning to be more efficient. Tesla's fighting the union thing. Chargers are going to be everywhere. And we got a lot of input from out there in the world coming in today. Because that's what happens when you travel. You kind of remember. Kind of remember what everybody deals with outside of your little bubble. You know what I mean? When you get out and get around. (laughs) It feels good to be back, though. It really does. Man. Oh, man. I'm glad you're back. I, I, you know, just so everyone's clear, like, since I'm on Central, Paul's on Eastern, he kind of like he owns a little bit morning show style. I own, you know, the, what the team's output is on the on the email, email side. And like this morning, I was just like, oh, I feel so good. <laughs> he logs in and sees that the show's being built. Oh, Yeah. Here we go. I uh, know. Yeah, hey, so- there's nothing better than knowing you have you work with such a great team that are just so focused and on mission that you can yep. take a few days off and focus on your family. And I really was able to detach uh, because you all and the team just are holding it down in the Soto community. The people that contribute and the people that are part of it, uh, it's really an awesome feeling of gratitude to be able to check out. I and I, dude, I like checked out. You know, I did because like hard, like yeah, I checked which is out. Great. And, and like, yeah, I haven't been on social media and when the Eagles yeah. lost, I checked out doubly. I was like, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were like, now I'm definitely out. No Instagramming for yeah, me. <laughs> I literally, I didn't, I didn't look at a dang thing, <laughs> but it was good. good. It was good. And like you were saying, it's a good reminder for everybody. Um, that's what makes, that's what, that, that's what makes healthy lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being yep. able to detach for a minute, come back, come back fresh. Uh, a lot's going on, but at the same time, not a lot's going on. You know, know, in the automotive world, you realize like, oh, this sucker just keeps going. It keeps going like it it, it continues to move. And I think that that's the that's any any business that kind of like thinks about it daily and not at minimum like quarterly or yearly. As far as there's just growth, there's growth to be had. Like, think about how your employees, we know we, we talked about the guy that I met at NADA that was like, maybe I do need to let a service advisor take a couple of couple weeks off to go travel Europe because right. I'd rather have this person for 10 years than have to go train someone else. And let's so, the, yeah, let's look at the 10 year plan. Can, exactly. Any business can look at employees time off and care for their livelihood, their families as a valuable part of their work life. I will say, so. I will say like, so we went, we went to Orlando and uh, we went to dis, several Disney parks and, you know, always, you can't go to Disney and not just be impressed with the efficiency of right. an organization. It's just like, my staggering. <laughs> staggering. Just like, oh, they do that. Oh, that's why they do that. Oh, they solve this problem that way. Oh, they, it's staggering. But one thing stuck out to me quite a bit. Number one, there are only four EV chargers in the whole parking garage at Disney Springs. <laughs> what? There are four Teslas in that's, them, too. That's them quite up. impressive just because, like. You think that that might be the place, the crowd, the the company hey, that's going to prioritize if that? If Disney and it, and believes wow. it doesn't matter, guess what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> because they're that's paying true. attention more than anybody else. Another thing is that there is a huge void of the auto industry presence at Disney whatsoever. Just from an advertising anything, or engagement perspective. Anything, yeah. no activations, no advertisements. Huh. You think it is that that is ripe, especially with all the EV stuff. Like that is ripe and there's nothing there. So a couple of observations. From I wonder the field. if it's because like you probably have 50% of the crowd. I mean, it's a massive crowd, so it shouldn't matter, but it, of international travel coming there. Mm. So maybe there's less of a, you know, know, target audience, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a, it's maybe. definitely an income earning audience typically, right? Even yeah. the people that are saving to go. Right. So That's it right. seems like 
they, they get around they get around either way yeah just an interesting couple things that popped up in relation to what we do around here a couple other things that we're doing around here gotta get through the announcements get to some news but we're doing a reuters event dude yeah uh, so we haven't talked about that reuters this week. collab yeah, but we're really excited about that yeah so it's in Las Vegas. Uh, it's their automotive retail event. Um, they actually reached out and they were like, hey, can you MC some panels? Kyle and I will be moderating some of the main stage panels. Our friend Steve Greenfield is going to be MCing the event. Uh, some other familiar faces, Brian Kramer is going to be there. We're going to cause some trouble at this event. Yes. Don't tell them we said that, but we're going to cause some trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're we're actually going to do a collab podcast with them. A lot of cool stuff. May sixteenth and seventeenth. Um, it's uh, if you can get out there and be with us, let's show up and represent the Asoda crew at the Reuters event because they're great people doing great work in automotive, and we're happy to be there. Uh, do we talk about the regional tour that we're doing? We've talked about it a little bit. We're coming to Arlington, Tampa, and Atlanta, but you want to circle. April 5th in Arlington, which is right outside of Dallas. Uh, we'll be there for our first Soda Tour event. We're bringing the Tonight Show live to multiple cities, and it's already gearing up. Like, the production crew's been having meetings. We're ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, a SodaCon, se- September 25th through 27th. Just that's a little bit out there, but circle the thing. More announcements to come. All right, let's talk about some news today. All right, check this out. After Ford reported some drab earnings earlier in the week, they've keyed in on closing what is an 8 billion dollar cost deficit that means between them and their ev creating competitors um according Ooh. to company company executives are like yeah we're at an eight billion dollar disadvantage i mean and then you factor in the price cut there or whatever you're going to call that thing so on the earnings call the company blamed chip shortage get this you're gonna be surprised prepare to be surprised chip shortages <laughs> Supply chain disruptions and quote instabilities. <laughs> I like how you did the air quotes there with me. Put all the air quotes around all of the key terms around anything that we've talked about in the last year and a half. This is like, yeah, we're still blaming that. Okay, so but that's why they blame, you know, the 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 problems with the earnings. But CFO John Lawyer Lawler said uh, the company can save back to saving and closing this deficit of eight billion. They can save two and a half billion through better management of their production spe- schedules. And uh, they're also anticipating some drops in commodity prices. Um, so that kind of leaves like, you know what I mean, like another $5 billion. Uh, CEO Jim Farley says they're going to close the gap by mid-decade. So that's, I guess, anywhere between 2024 and 2027. They can probably range that. Uh, he says we're going to reduce dealer inventories. Okay. We're already pretty low. Uh, okay, gonna- yeah. Drive more tra- – here, I'm going to let you comment on this in a second. Drive more okay. transactions online <laughs> – I guess that's going to save Ford corporate money. Um, Increasing aerodynamics. They do have a partnership with F1. They do F1. um, So that makes a sense. Increasing battery efficiency. Yep. Yep. And moving to large underbody casings pioneered by Tesla, right? There you go. And so. Well, here's here's what I got to say (laughs) about this. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) Here's what I got to say about this. One, reducing dealer inventories. Things that you said a year ago. Yet dealer inventories are yet high again. So tell me how you're going to do that with real facts for the next few years. Driving more transactions online. What sit, like does, has anybody asked the consumer at the OEM level what they actually want without a leading question? Absolutely not. Every dealer that I talk to is saying, look, we're getting less leads online, but we're selling more cars, meaning these people want to come into the store, boss. And, uh, you know, the other manufacturing stuff, that's probably where they should pick it up. You know, uh, original equipment manufacturer. 
lean in on that. Let the dealers take care of the rest. I guarantee it'll work out for you. Come <laughs> so on now. Good. So good. Going in, coming in hot on Thursday. Man, I've been, I've, look, been waiting. the last three days, I've had to read the news, and I let Michael Cirillo and Ben <laughs> Color commentate. I'm back in the color All right, seat. He needs to be coming in and just bump set it over the neck. Kyle's <laughs> waiting to spike a few of these days. Um, also, also uh, CEO Jim Farley says, like in talking about how they're going to cut expenses, says, we have a bracket group. Get this. We have hundreds of engineers. Think of what hundreds of engineers look like for a minute. Yeah. What, what hundreds of engineers look like? They have hundreds of engineers making brackets. He goes, so if we want to make 8% margins in EVs, there's no bracket group. <laughs> it's like we're cutting out all the brackets. We're going to this. Uh, the, the bracket guys are like, I don't know what Duh. they're going to, but they're, yeah. But I, I'll tell you what, like, man, when the bracket uh, guys read that, I was like, the bracket guys are like, bro. Got to make something else. They, they were probably something like these next guys. So speaking of the next guys, <laughs> segue time. A couple uh, days ago, it came out that uh, some Tesla workers in a gig in its in their Gigafactory in Buffalo, New York, close to our boy Paul Daly up there, that last uh, started a unionization push at the factory that was originally an old steel mill. Now Tesla has come around and quickly said bye uh, to these dozens of workers, according to the company's website. Uh, this um, this. Uh, Gigafactory engineers some of the storage products, solar panels, um, solar roof, power wall, home battery, power back battery system. And this was just kind of the first push that Tesla had ever, ever seen to unionization. And you can see how they feel about that. Yeah. Yeah, they can. I mean, this story, this one and the next one and the last one all really kind of grouped together. You know, Ford saying we're trying to be competitive on EVs. One of the reasons traditional OEMs have a hard time being competitive, they have massive, massive um, you know, like pension plans, men, massive healthcare, you know, uh, you know, figures that they have to cover. A lot of that's because of unionization and the way things used right. to be and kind of like it doesn't translate as well into a 2021, you know, working environment from when the unions first uh, were formed. Tesla is obviously going to be pushing back against the same things. And one of the reasons Tesla is able to be so competitive is because they're a non-union um, company. And so, you know, kind of the, the heat's turning up. The same company that has been organizing the Starbucks workers, what are they called? Oh, they're in here. Workers United. They're known for unionizing okay. workers yep. at Starbucks. They're actually the ones kind of behind the unionization effort here at the Tesla Gigafactory plant. It's in Buffalo. I forgot it was even there. I was like, what do they do again? And it's only wow. two hours away. I knew it was in, but yeah, it's much more on the storage generation, you know, the, the storage side than they don't make vehicles, which is probably why, right. it, you know, they were talking about the solar shingles and all that too back in the day. Um, and um, yeah, so they're, they're trying to, you know, Elon Musk in the middle of more controversy. Can you believe that? I know, right? Well, and and th just anecdotally, uh, a little over a week ago, I posted a, on LinkedIn a little post about service technicians and how as an industry we need to care for them and how they're, you know, that they keep people's cars running and like they are, they've been an underserved portion of our industry. And like, if you want to do a little scouring, go look at the the engagements and the comments on that post and look at the number of Tesla employees that kind of got involved in that interaction. Ah, I missed it's that. I was gone. I didn't see that. I have to go look at that. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, very it's, interesting. It's, it, it was just like, I was interested to see like how many of those, the, the Tesla technicians were paying attention to like that type of encouragement. And you wonder if there's, 
you know, because the union isn't setting some of those guidelines, I wonder if there's a, a gap between leadership and execution there at the technician level in the, in the Tesla environment. So oh, just, man. That's you a, know, it's, it's so, it's such a tough debate. I grew up in a, a union family. My dad worked for uh variety well, Verizon was then bell Atlantic. Um, you yep. know, so I, I kind of like grew up on the, the one side of the union where it's just always a contentious relationship. Um, it is, yeah. one, one of my first companies, uh, image auto, we served a lot of uh, dealerships in the Buffalo area on the fixed stop side. And I remember the first time I, we came across a union store in the service department. I was like, what do you mean a union? store and i have to say I this know, right? it was really really hard to get any work done there just Anything from a from a first person standpoint like everything seemed like it was designed to stop things from going smoothly right and i mean that's hey if you're a company treat your employees really 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 well treat them like team yeah. members treat them like family i mean i mean just watch the nfl players union you know oh, every single year yes. fight with the nfl over their contract negotiations right. so Every, everything it's, it's, everything yeah. existed for a reason right like the way something came up is because there was some level of dissatisfaction or sometimes yep. bad situations so a uh, last point in this in a fine with the u.s national labor relations board the union workers united accused tesla of illegal terminating those employees in retaliation for union activity uh, or to discourage union activity they asked the labor board to seek a federal court injunction to prepare to prevent irreparable destruction of employee rights uh, resulting from Tesla's unlawful conduct. Ooh. Speaking of Tesla, still. Oh, here we go. Time. Well, it's, it's okay. We, we did like a few days without without Elon. So, well, we're, you know, well, we, we went I, Volvo and Ford and stuff. <laughs> These so are the back. show today because they all go together. So yesterday, and this factory in particular, yesterday the White House announced measures to incentivize U.S.-made EV charging infrastructure, spurring Tesla to say they're going to double their amount of superchargers across the U.S., and a lot of these charges are, guess what? Made in Buffalo, New York. Same factory. So you got the union issues at the same time, big government money coming in to say like, hey, can- So interesting. Can I know yeah. it, right? So, and, and they're gonna say they're gonna double this network. At least half of them are gonna be along highway corridors, others at like supermarkets and things like that. Um, and they will be, and this is what they need to get the federal money, providing a way for non-Tesla users to uh, use their superchargers. There's a standard called the CCS combined charging system, which is how other, it's gonna be the standard. So Tesla's have their proprietary connector, but they're also gonna have a connector for non-Teslas. Um, Congress approved 5 billion for the chargers, plus another two and a half billion in grants. So that very Buffalo factory is going to be the one pumping out a lot of the superchargers. They're gonna be running. They're gonna be running. Union or yeah, not. I mean, this this is a huge amount of just charging infrastructure. Tesla being willing to play ball with other auto manufacturers is a big deal. I I was curious, and and just because we've talked about you know how the White House has been working on trying to get these five hundred thousand chargers across the U.S., you know, uh, just looking at the number of gas stations in the U.S., I just I just did a quick search, and I, so I don't know exactly whether this is valid or not. Um, but it looks like there's around 145,000 fueling stations across the U.S. Let's just take an average and say that there's 10 uh, station, 10 gas pumps at every single station. That's 1.4 million gas stations. That's probably a little bit low because, like, you got Bucky's out there with about 833 uh, gas gas pumps. Um, but you know, it's it's like. Just over the time, you, we know that this is only going to cover a portion of everything that, that that needs to be done. But I think it's a good move in the right direction. And and hopefully uh, others like Tesla in the public sector 
um, or in the private sector can continue to, you know, push the boundaries of what they're doing from a production scale. No doubt. I will say anecdotally as well as in my travels and going around like, you know, the middle of Florida and Orlando, every time I saw uh, an EV charger, it was pretty much full. Empty. No. Oh, full? Really? Wow. They were full. Okay. And I was like, I saw all kinds of stuff plugged in. I was like Chrysler minivan. I was like, what's that? That's actually plugged in. Oh, they have an EV. Like there were wow. all kinds of stuff plugged in. And so I would say like 80% of the time I saw a charger, it had something plugged into it. Now, I don't know if that was just because if you're trying to park, <laughs> right? Right. It's a very yeah. convenient place to park. Like, I don't know how they yeah. police all I that. I mean, stuff. Central Florida, Florida's a good adoption state for for yep. EVs, you know, and, and just because the weather and the, the, you know, the type of people that are there and the, the income bracket that you see a lot in Florida. So mm, yeah. interesting. Well, Cindy, we got, uh, thank you to all the people commenting on the live stream this morning. Cindy Elwell says all the charging stations here in the three years, I've never seen anyone using them. I'm not sure, Cindy, if you get this before we wrap up, just let us know where you're calling in from. Uh, Ellie Lane, thank you so much for just uh, dropping in some comments. Brian Ortega, as usual, Nathaniel Grecklick, thank you so much for just paying everybody hanging out show. this morning. We're just hanging out. We're having Love a good old time. On a Thursday, because it's Thursday. It's a good day to have a good time, right? Because we're in the automotive industry. We get to serve people. And whatever they do in the government and EV chargers, guess what? We're still going to be right here doing what we do and loving people more than we love cars.